With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Spartans in the stadium in fall 2021. It's a very happy Mother's Day to all you mother boys. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by a normal-sounding Kevin Grack and a man who sounds like he's ordering at an A&W drive-thru, Alex Plum. <laughs> it sounds like someone has you locked in their basement, honestly, and we're like podcasting with you through the Help floorboards. Plum is spending his Mother's Day by making sure that his mother is not home and dog sitting. Uh, Greg, how are you? Oh, I'm very well. Uh, as all of our listeners will see, we went through the full exercise of assigning uh, Arrested Development characters to each of the Big Ten schools. So I thought we'd put a nice little Arrested Development uh, Easter egg there Deep in cut. the opening. Yeah. We had to explain it uh, to Plum before the episode aired. So you feel the need to explain it now. Um, (laughs) Thank you, of course, folks, for listening. If we could ask you a small favor, please share the pod with Spartans in your life. Of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. And folks, I say that every week. Every week I say it. And yet somehow our reviews have not changed. Please. Go review that podcast. Wow, that is you may want to. truly desperate. Wow. <laughs> Just I check, I check every week, every day of every week, and you guys have not, not updated. Please. Uh, anyway, you Please can, help, help Michael. One review a day can help Michael not be such a sad, pathetic little man. Uh, hey, Slenderman, don't make fun of my height. Follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Um, and uh, uh, Plum, do you want to let the folks know the structure of the show? Yeah, of course I do. So uh, we lead <laughs> I just off- wanted to introduce people to what your audio is like right now. Is it bad? Still? <laughs> it's going to sound great. I'll fix it in post. That's impossible. That's, this is fully impossible. I did just try to like play with the input, but I don't think that did anything. Nope. It's all right. Know. This is all staying in, by the way. Uh, yeah, I so, was just going to ask that. Walk us through, Plum. What, what are we getting today? Oh, my God. Yeah, sorry. Wow. Now I get really distracted. Uh, the Green Wall is where we begin every podcast episode after we get through the blathering on about inane things that Mike likes to walk us through at the top. Uh, so football always leads on the Green Wall. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about what's going on uh, with uh, with Mel Tucker's program. We've got some hockey talk because hockey time matters, baby. It's the summer. Uh, then we'll head off Grand River. We'll talk a little <laughs> bit about what's going on around the NCAA and sports. Um, big news, obviously, right now, especially around uh, name, image, and likeness and some statewide bills. We'll cover that. And then we'll take you Twitter questions. And, of course, this will be the second week of uh, Twitter rankings. And so we are very excited to 
let you all have it as we answer your questions. All right. Let's get started, gentlemen. Uh, Greenwall football. There was a trader in our midst. Uh, Jack Olson, who we mentioned had entered the transfer portal, <sighs> landed. Uh, he was uh, the, I believe, number two ranked kicker in his class. Um, in light of Matt Coughlin coming back, uh, Jack Olson entered the transfer portal and has found himself at Northwestern. Um, it's worth mentioning because it's a Big Ten school, right? Yeah. And and one, let's not forget, goes to the Big Ten Championship every other year. <laughs> well, I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, I mean, good for him. Uh, I I do hope when we play them that he misses a lot. Yeah, I mean, I prefer my kickers with mullets anyway. So, I mean, Jack Olson, if your dad's not a pilot, then take off. <laughs> I'm just going to sit in that for a second because takeoff would have been a great pun if his dad was a pilot. I mean huh. that our current kicker's dad is a pilot. So yeah, I, I know. We're anyway, explaining uh, all the jokes here today. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're off to a good uh, start. I got some real right. uh, sports announcement. Um, MSU beat uh, Michigan uh, today in baseball, in the yeah. baseballs. 10-2, uh, right? 10-2, yeah. So there we go. Boom. 10-2. Big day. Booyah. Big day. Big day. Big day. Uh, but there were no fans in attendance for this game, which is unfortunate. However, there will be fans in attendance at football games this fall. Jonesy, the the big the uh, the old athletic office released information about their plans for the football stadium this fall. Can you walk us through the highlights? You know, I asked you for the too long didn't read on this. You know, I asked. <laughs> Now, I, what I'm curious about, Greg, is how does that how does that affect your seating arrangement? It, you know, it. Uh, we'll see. Even that you're indoors, you know, does that change things for you? Sometimes it's indoors. Sometimes it's under an awning. You know. <laughs> sometimes they open the windows. Um, no, I, I, this is. I think this is conceptually exciting, right? That that we'll have fans, and yes, they they walk through like eighty different iterations of what happens if I still don't feel comfortable, but I'm an eighty year season ticket holder, and do I get to keep my place in this year? The answer well, is the reality yes. Is if you give us money, you do get to keep your place, but you have and to also, give us money. Yeah, I thought you that was interesting. Be around next year. I thought it was interesting too that they had even more uh, rigorous requirements around fund development, specifically for folks in the Huntington Club, right? And it was like, uh, yeah, there's not really, we're not going to set a minimum. There is one, but we're going to need you to call us so that we don't put it in writing. Thanks. <laughs> if you have to ask about the Huntington Club, then it's yeah, too expensive. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's not your club. Uh, it's not made for you. Uh, it, I mean, either way, it, I guess Plum, as the the person who maybe has more to say about this than either of us, I mean, we do 
you know, uh, Sleepy Joe has told us that uh, if we're vaccinated, that that it's okay and safe to be outdoors with with friends. I don't know that when Joe was talking about that, he meant, um, you know, 75,000 of your closest friends. But (laughs) what what do we make of what do you make of this? And, you know, let's I, I think it's also important to set the table that I'm sure many of our listeners know, but. Vaccine supply is exceeding demand. Uh, the New York Times recently published an article about how herd immunity is likely not going to be met in the United States because people aren't getting vaccinated. Um, so, I mean, is it realistic to to hope for this as a thing that can happen? Um, I think we're past the point of uh, still conjecture. I, I, I think it's going to happen. Um, whether or not it's wise, it's going to happen. Uh, two folks are, the train has left the station. Gretchen Whitmer, the governor in the state of Michigan, is not. Um, really willing to play hardball on this anymore with the legislature. I think she's made a political calculation, good or bad. Um, it's a little both, frankly, I think. Um, and she just recognizes she doesn't have much of an option. So she's, she's, she's opening the economy back up. And so you're going to see that this is allowable and it is what it is. Um, we're almost at 50% of the country has at least one dose. That's fantastic. A one is better than none with J and J coming back online, the Janssen um, one shot dose. Um, back available. I'm hoping that folks who were a little bit standoffish, you know, will will and we're we're seeing some of that vaccine hesitancy um, isn't as high with the one shot though. So hopefully, as that gets going, as folks you know have positive experiences with it, we don't have any more negative side effects and, and um, events reported that we'll get that number up higher. I think this is a state by state issue though. Ultimately, um, what we need is Republicans. I mean, this is, it shouldn't be a political thing, and for some reason, it's become political. I don't know why this isn't political. This is just trusting the science. This is not doing your own research. You aren't, if you think you can do your own research, you are dumber than you are stupid. You do not know anything about vaccines. You do not know anything about medical science. You do not understand how to do your own research. You're not doing peer reviewed articles. You're not doing journal entries. You're not doing article, uh, 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 when you're, when you're reviewing it and you're like doing abstracts and summarizing and, and, and looking at the findings and understanding from a peer review standpoint, how a study was constructed whether there was statistical power, no one's doing any of that because you're not experts. So there's stop saying, I'm going to do my own research and figure it out. You're, you're not smart enough to, I can't fly an airplane. You can't do brain surgery. Kevin Gregg, despite how slender he is, can't, you know, do other less slender things. So I can walk it through most gates though. Most gates. Yeah, that's probably true. Well, chain link I, I do like that. Plum, Plum lists, uh, can't fly a plane when he is, done insane amounts of research on every true it's true and i and i still would crash it if i found myself in that situation there's just so this whole like well i'm gonna just do the research and i've got my own opinion no you don't this is a selfish thing so shut up no one was selfish in the 50s when everyone got the polio shot which by the way they were putting into the bodies actual polio you were actually getting exposed to real life polio people got polio from the polio vaccine did not get it this is the thing and like and america did it everyone did it because it was because people knew what it was like to watch children become paralyzed every summer i talked to people in that generation what it was like coming home or coming back to school in the fall from summer break and wondering which kids weren't going to be there because they died of polio you know and we're doing the same thing now and our country has completely changed i mean it's just everyone is so mindlessly selfish and thinks that they just understand it so i'm on i'll get off the horse now my point is 
it's it's going to happen whether or not it's smart it's happened i hope that you are vaccinated if you're going to go to those games i hope you can protect yourself and i hope the people that you could theoretically expose if you bring that virus back are also vaccinated if if you're listening get vaccinated get your kids vaccinated and then you know what we're going to just we're gonna, whether it's good or bad we're going to be journeying into post covid or what our whatever reality is with covid so I, I do want to spend a couple more minutes on this because I have a couple questions. Um, uh, first, you know, I saw that the, the the Republicans in the Michigan legislature introduced a bill to make it illegal to carry your COVID vaccine uh, card. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in in fairness, I think in fairness to those Republicans, you do have to ask questions about the the sanity of anyone who came up with that card because it is too large to fit into a wallet. <laughs> it is of the same quality as a social security card. And so you, you've, you've simultaneously, and it's printed in just generic white paper. So you've, you've crafted something that is uh, too large to keep on the thing that you make sure you don't lose. And is destructible as all hell and misplaceable because it's blendable into other paper stuffs. I think they raise a good point. <laughs> but their point isn't functional. Their point isn't operational like yours is. <laughs> I mean, their their point is a and it, you can't agree that's insane though, right? That they that you can go to Costco and they will print a a a, a card, an identification card that is plastic and fits in your wallet. And someone decided, you know what we'll do for this very important vaccine? Not that. Well, I don't know if you if you. I mean, listen, I'm not going to defend the card. I, it, it is what it is. Those cards <laughs> were not the cards were not created to be a long term identification. There you tool. go. They were created as a reminder because the majority of the vaccines at the time when they were rolling these out, were probably going to be two doses and, or they also knew it would require boosters. And so those cards were sure. created as reminders. Yeah, they're, they're created so that you had the information that you needed in case you didn't go to the same place to get your second dose or a future booster. What kind did I get? I forgot. There were so many. I don't remember the name of it. Let me find the card. So I do like you be the idea it? of, of someone forgetting what kind of <laughs> COVID vaccine they got. Yeah. Oh, I know. This was a my whole life was shut down for a year. I don't know. But but there but that's but you you I mean we joke, but working in the medical field, you wouldn't you would just not under, you would not believe. You would not believe that the real struggles around health literacy that folks have from all walks of life. This isn't a class, economy, economic, socioeconomic thing. This is all walks of life. Folks just don't get it and don't think like it. So that's what the card was for. That's first, all right? So if anything, them saying you shouldn't carry it around, which I'm not exactly sure the specifics of the law, and it has no chance of being, you know, signed by the governor. Um, it's so is, ridiculous. Is, it's ridiculous. But if anything, the only good thing about it is folks shouldn't be carrying it around. They should be keeping it in a safe place so they can reference it as they need to. Um, because the truth is, yeah, it, it's easily forgeable. Uh, and so that's not what this is about. This is about, you know, it, it, the fact that we're thinking about this, the fact that there are such loons absolute looney tunes people who are going to forge it they're going to go to the effort and energy of creating a fake card because they're so obsessed with not getting the vaccine out of this insane sense of selfishness that's that's the real thing to focus on here and michigan which still hasn't maximized by the way the amount of money that's available to us through the federal um relief the cares act and, and the relief because of covid michigan which still hasn't maximized that dollars still hasn't decided how to spend all that money. Instead, the legislature is focused on this issue. I mean, it, 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 it is truly baffling 
the absolute lack of dignity or intellect that some of these elected members of our legislature have. It's truly beautiful. So anyway, listen, I, and the thing you didn't bring up, Mike, but I think you could, and, and I think it's a fair discussion. There are real privacy questions to this. This is, at the end of the day, a health decision. This is, and so we would consider this, you know, protected health information. Um, and putting a national registry together with that information and, you know, codifying who can do what because you did it. What about people who are allergic? What about people who have sincerely held religious beliefs that prevent it? You know, that's why you have herd immunity is for those folks. So do we just say those people can't participate in sports? They can't go to restaurants? They can't do? Well, of course not. You know, but, but you can't single out the insane people who are so fucking selfish. So I, 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 so, so we all, so, we all enjoy these Raymond chains. There's your, your minute of hate. And yeah. It's a, we it's a good time. And I, but yeah, and I could have a whole, but yes, next I could have a whole, we could get into it a lot on well, this. Cause I have some thoughts. There's but one last thing on the green. There's one last thing I want to say. Okay. If there's someone in your life that is vaccine hesitant, taking this approach is, is that what we're calling not, it? Not the best approach. Taking the no. approach of just calmly telling them that you got the vaccine, you're feeling fantastic, and your life is better afterwards, and leaving it at that, and maybe revisiting it occasionally, and just encouraging and showing how vaccines aren't harming people in your immediate vicinity, and uh, life has improved as a result of them, that's proven to be the best approach. So, yeah. And then, Good job. you know. Good asking, on you. Asking, listening, asking, listening is right. Yep. Yep. Well done. Well said. All right, Jones. Thanks, thanks, Kevin. What's up? What's next? So next, Greenwall football is uh, is MSU is set to play University of Louisiana in 2024. Um, I, I want to chat about this only because it is a uh, it's a game in a state that we've been recruiting quite a bit lately. Jay Johnson. Uh, is is of the University of Louisiana uh, sort of heritage, if you will. Yeah. Uh, we've had coaches that have ties there. This seems like a, a very strategic move, right? Like that's that's what we're doing here. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. I, I have to assume this is about further exposure in the South. Uh, and you know how people can't get enough of their raging Cajuns down there. You know how it is. Hey. So... Uh, were you dropping into like a little accent? Yeah, there? I, I was trying to be my raging mm. Cajun, getting down to New Orleans. You know, yeah, how it is. I, mm. I think that that's all very complicated. I was noticing here on the schedule that that's the year that we have another of the Florida Atlantic games go to Boston College. Do you know that MSU does its return trip to Boise next year? It, do you remember the Boise State game at this point? It seemed like those other games against yeah. Boise were going to be like a lifetime away. And now we're basically there to the 2022 game at Boise state, which seems like it should be canceled. <laughs> it seems like MSU should well, be going to Boise. We've got, we've got questions about that. Oh, we up, do. Uh, in, in a bit. Yeah. Uh, not, not the Boise specifically, but kind of in that vein, but um, either way, yes, this is absolutely about Southern exposure. and. You know, well, it's at least on a short enough timeline, unlike the Boise game, that, uh, you know, three years from now is doable, right? That you're not you're not putting it. We'll get to we'll get to the 10 year out games. Um, Let's move on to hockey very briefly. And we don't have MSU specifically to talk about. 
this might be more appropriate for an off grand river topic, but who cares? Uh, Ryan Miller, former Spartan hockey goaltender and NHL great has retired. Uh, this is after 18 years in the NHL. Uh, he's the winningest American born goaltender in NHL history. Um, Yay, nationalism. Uh, and won the silver medal in the 2010 Olympics and was also its MVP. That was crazy. This is an incredible yeah. career. What's Those that? Those Olympics were incredible, and he played incredible in them. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, this this is an incredible career. I, I'm i not a, a huge hockey guy. We should get in Jer Bear to, to talk about this. But I, I think, you know, Hope B. Baker Award winner, um, huge illustrious you know nhl career i mean this is one of the biggest spartans to have ever you know played yes his or her sport so absolutely unreal i mean an incredible career yeah i i saw a video of his uh of his today was his last game um and in the nhl and and his folks were there and he, you know, he was having an emotional moment with them. And I was, I was struck by that. His, his dad was, I believe wearing a USA Jersey with, you know, his son's USA mm-hmm. Jersey and a Spartan hat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I liked that. Those are like quality allegiances yeah. again. Yay. Nationalism. I mean, the Millers, I, I, his dad played, right. I think I'm almost positive. Like, the, the, there have been like yeah, let's Google it on fifteen thousand Millers, and I'm pretty sure he's one of them. So, um, yeah, T- truly, truly incredible career. And so, uh, I think it's it at least worth uh, you know, depending on your time of day you're listening to this, uh, you know, have a cheers to Ryan Miller because th- that's it, it, an accomplishment, if nothing it's else. Time. <laughs> cheers to that. All right. Uh, Plum, read me some ad copy. Ooh. This episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is actually brought to you by... Do you think we get paid? Do, do you think we get paid if Plum reads it with this audio? Yeah. Oh, my God. You're oh, right. Yeah, we get paid two times. <laughs> do we get paid less? I don't know. Help me. I'm caught in the A&W drive-thru. I need another root beer float. That's what I would be saying if <laughs> I had so much disposable income because... I refinanced my house that I could go get annual nightly, uh, not annual, a nightly root beer floats from the A&W. And I don't even know where the closest one is. Sound the alarm, folks. Mortgage rates, while still insanely low, have trended up for the last week. And you know, house prices are going up too. Our friend Brandon Fanzo has closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon sets himself apart because he drives to your home in the middle of the night, pulls you out of bed and makes you refinance your house in a way that can only help you. That's what he did to Kevin Greck. And look at Kevin Greck right now. If you could see him, you would see him slurping on an A&W root beer float that he just got with all of the money that he made Mm -hmm. when he refinanced his house. So if you are Mm -hmm. paying more than 4% at 4% or anything higher than that, you are definitely probably paying too much. And Brandon is helping people just like you save hundreds, sometimes thousands, per month by consolidating your high interest debts and refinancing your home. So just give the guy a call or go online, rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Go find him online, send him a note, drop him a line, meet up at your local A&W, get a root beer float, talk about what he can do for you. That's rate.com 
backslash Brandon fans, Brandon with an E, fans with a C. Love it. All right, gentlemen, let's head off Grand River where um, we have a headline from today, but I, I think the, what I want to talk about is not about today specifically. Um, LSU lands a top 25 2021 commit in, at, at the center position name, not particularly important. Um, I did see the, the headline come by and I assumed that they meant center as in like in, in football. <laughs> um, but, uh, but no, a very late commit uh, for the basketball 2021 season. And what's, Interesting and relevant to me about this news is not um, that Will Wade has landed some elite commit who is the coach of LSU. It's that Will Wade has been caught on tape in an FBI probe talking about paying college players and yet has not been punished by the NCAA. So, query, why not cheat? Like, in light of Imani Bates decommitting, Tom Izzo sitting on two milli in um in that uh that that mortgage yeah. money and Elgin Bates looking for a new coaching job <laughs> and Tom Izzo literally having a coaching job available. Why would you not cheat? Uh the floor is open. Yeah. I, I mean, do you remember the uh when Will Wade was like live in front of the media and they were like, Hey man, did you know that the FBI has tapes of you? And he was like, what? No, what tapes? And they were like, yeah, they've got these tapes. You're talking about paying players. And he's like, oh, I don't know anything about that. It, are, are they bad? Is it bad? <laughs> and then everyone in the press pool like, was like, yeah, like, they're bad. And he's like, Oh, well, I can't comment on that. <laughs> that was like four years like, ago. Yeah, it's still coaching, still going to NCAA tournaments. Uh, which love to see it. Again, it, we're we're not a podcast that's anti players getting money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we just kind of want that to be a uniform rule. And maybe, it, you know, I think that's where the name, image, and likeness piece distinguishes itself from professional and amateur sports is you can still be an amateur sport and allow players to profit off of their name, image, and likeness. That doesn't make the sport professional. It just means that players are able to make money in the same way that any other college student is able to, right? Like, that's a distinguishing feature. So, I don't know. This just feels uh, good for LSU. I mean, they're still not going to play team basketball right like <laughs> do you want to shoot shoot go for it am put i it wrong up. spot the light put it up yeah it uh <sighs> you know it pays the cheat until it doesn't you know <laughs> and so far pays to cheat uh speaking of cheaters should we talk about uh medina spirit yeah <laughs> what a junkie <laughs> <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so the Kentucky Derby winner uh, who beat the, the the horse that everyone expected to win was found to be in violation for performing in, in performance enhancing uh, substances. 
I don't know that we care a lot about horses here, and I don't know that it really is on brand with our pod in any particular way, other than it felt like a chance to clown on Trump. And that Bob, is it Bob Baffert? Baffert? The owner. Is that his name? No, 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 the, the trainer. trainer. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, uh, looks like a villain, right? Like, I mean, his face is... I'm confirming that he looked, yep, 80s villain, yes, 80s villain, 1000%. You could see him injecting a horse with whatever he thought was necessary to win yeah. in some movie that was high stakes that the horse must win to destroy the world. Antifreeze, probably. That's it. That's what it is, actually. Yep. That's it. Uh, next time we have a race, I'm going to inject antifreeze into my leg so that we win. Uh, yeah. So that I win. Uh, yeah. That's the plan. That's correct. Great. This is fa- fantastic content. Uh, for those who hasn't seen it, I thought it was a joke. Uh, the former president did tweet out that the America is going to hell because a horse is a junkie. Um, that's a real thing. No, he didn't tweet it. I'm sorry. He can't tweet yeah. anymore. Tweeting it is not what happened. Yeah. He put it out on fine leatherhead, uh, leatherhead, leatherhead. Uh, all right, let's get back to sports here for a second because horse racing is not. not. Uh, so this is actually a a bit of an interesting piece that the NCAA, uh, recently one of their committees, which I believe is the second to last committee in the uh, in sort of rung of committees that things have to go through, has said that flopping will now become a technical foul uh, or should be, uh, should become, it's a recommendation, should become a technical foul. In the past, for those who don't know, if you don't know what flopping is, it's when a player fakes a foul, um, fakes being the recipient of a foul. It most oftentimes happens on the charge, not charge uh, situation. Um, And in the, in the past few years now, it's been a, uh, you get a warning and then it's called a technical. This would eliminate that warning. Uh, Does something. So I think there are two, there's two parts of theater to college basketball. There's actually throwing yourself on the ground. And then there's also the, like the head snap, you know, like, someone you know you're guarding someone real close and then you just snap your head back to make it look like like they hit you in the face basically uh yeah does that does the latter of those count as a technical you mean like a sort of a john o'corn situation yeah like a john o'corn situation you remember that right i've always thought that when they go to the monitor and and they decide whether or not there was contact to the face. And it becomes obvious that one guy was just trying to sell it for the sake of drawing a technical foul on the opponent. That person should probably get a warning about that behavior. Yeah. But it's subjective at the same time. It's not though. I mean, well, maybe it is, I guess it's interesting. So in soccer, we have it, it's called simulation and it's always a yellow card, which is effectively a technical foul, right? Two texts, you're out, two yellow cards is a red card. Mm -hmm. Yep. So um, anytime a player simulates a foul, right, they dive. They pretend there was a foul and it wasn't there. The referee is admonished to yellow card that player. Even if it's their second yellow card, that means they're out. 
Um, and the reason we do that is because we believe that simulation brings the game of soccer into disrepute. And that is a term in the laws of the game. In fact, oftentimes, it, it may, simulation may be the only example where um, bringing the game into disrepute is only admonished with a yellow card. Oftentimes, it's admonished with a red card. Um, anything you do that, that brings... Plum. Yeah. Have you watched yeah, I was going to say, can I, I yellow card the whole sport for zero, zero ties? <laughs> it, it's okay. My God. But that's but it it you know soccer was originally called the gentleman's game, and in fact a yell- no but they flop all the time. Yeah, well, and that's and you know largely that is because referees um, do not sanction it appropriately. I'm not saying that this is exactly done, but I'm saying this is this is what the rule is intended, and we've been this game of soccer has been consistent on this from the beginning because anything that you do that brings the game into disrepute, and I would argue that's exactly what flopping does is uh, it's not it's not part of the game. So how do you identify yeah, but, as a referee who is, who is demonstrating? You, or what, what you, it, I mean, it, it is difficult. I wouldn't call it subjective, but you often know. So sometimes you'll see a player and you're like, oh, I think he just dove. And because, like, you know, a player will protest. You call the foul. Like, I didn't even touch him. And you can tell, typically you can tell from a player if they, they'll often, you know, almost always yell at you or argue with you when you make a call. But sometimes you'll really see it in their eyes that they really didn't do it. And so then you look at the player. Is he on the ground for an obscenely long amount of time at the level of contact? Then he's trying to sell it. Did he jump up right away after like screaming bloody murder? Then he's trying to sell it. Um, and sometimes you're just close enough to know. You see the guy get the ball and then the player jumps in the air and then falls straight down. Also, anytime a player like lands with like on their hands, like if, if you're going to get, if you get fouled in a, in, uh, in a way that you couldn't have predicted, you're going to fall down in, in, a, in a way that is potentially injurious to your body, right? You're not going to necessarily have a, have the ability to brace yourself. So if you see a player kind of launch themselves into the air and then fall down on their arms, like they, they're able to brace themselves, chances are that they don't, especially if their legs kick out, right? If they're jumping. So, so you sort of can like, you start to pick up when a player might be doing that. And you know, some players have reputations. Oftentimes players in um, that are attacking are more likely to do it because they're trying to draw a penalty kick. So you really have to be, you know, paying attention, concentrating, having the right angle. But I've I've given many a yellow card. In fact, I gave a yellow card last week to a player for diving. There you go. But it's again, I would point to I I think you know I I will belittle soccer at at most turns, but one thing that it is fairly uh, criticized for is is the amount of not only flopping but just overacting on the flop. Yeah. And so I'm curious if, from your perspective, maybe there's a hesitancy to call simulation because it results automatically in a yellow card. And maybe the better thing to do is, from basketball's perspective, is to give, um, instead of giving a warning against a, a player in particular, giving a bench warning. That you know the entire team is on notice that a second flop is going to result in a technical. Oh wow! Would, would that technical be assessed? Okay, so and then every subsequent uh, flop would be also assess, uh, assessed a technical on that player. So there's a bench warning, and then you, no, no, no. So it's it's anyone else on the team who flops gets a it gets a technical. So like player. the the okay. first. But why do you need right, to do so that? The first, the first time around. What does that accomplish? Well, my question to you is like, it, do again, looking at soccer objectively, that 
if there's a hesitancy to call the foul. So you're you're conflating two things, I think, and, and and I don't think unfairly. I mean, I don't think you're being unfair by doing it, but I think you're conflating a, a, an actual simulation where there literally was no contact and the sort of embellishment that the contact that did happen, which we all agree there was a foul, or we do agree there was contact, but it wasn't as bad as you're making. And the two aren't the same. So if you have a player get tackled and the guy gets the ball, but it's a hard tackle and the guy falls down and that happens, maybe even gets injured, but it's not a foul. The guy might sit there and writhe and get up and pro, you know, protest to the referee and remonstrate with his arms in the air and stuff. And that will carry on. And if referees don't clamp that down because it, it, it's just unseemly and annoying, that can make the game worse. But that isn't the same thing. Some might say that that brings disrepute. It, but, it's, but it's also that, and that's a really careful line. You know, that's part of the game of emotion sure. done, done, done excessively, done provocatively, done publicly, done consistently. Yeah, absolutely brings the game into disrepute. But the natural emotional expression of a guy that's frustrated, that thinks he was fouled, that can express that and jump up and get back to playing. We completely accept and are not going to hold that against somebody. The problem is when you were make believing, and that happens particularly in the penalty area where you're trying to draw a free penalty kick on something that didn't happen. That's make believe. That's cheating. That, and I think that's the line that I would point to here. That's what has to be a technical foul. And so not giving that as a tech, you know, like giving a bench warning. Well, they already know that. So what you've just done is you've given a freebie. Then, then sure. every team knows they get to do it. Sure. And that's the point I think I missed. Now, I think some referees are afraid to do it. And I will tell you, it is difficult. You really have to know, because if you're going to sanction a guy with a yellow card for diving, you have to be 100% sure, because you know he and all of his teammates are going to say that he didn't dive. You've got to know that you're right. And, and it, it's hard, because you know, especially with the better the teams, the faster they play, the, you know, the harder they play, it, it can be difficult to a judge. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, I, I'm frankly in favor of the change. I don't, I don't know. Uh, it sounds like Plum, you are as mm-hmm. well. Right that it giving the warning has not made a ton of sense. Like if you're, if it's warnable, then it's a, then you're telling me it's a, it's I mean, a it makes sense what you, in that it's demonstrating to the sport that this is the direction that we're going. And it begins with this warning round. And then over time, all of the players have adjusted and now you go straight into the technicals. I, I mean, from a process that makes a complete sense to me. Sure. Yep. Uh, Greg, can you tell the listeners about Kevin Kelly and who he is? Oh, Kevin Kelly's a dude. He coaches football and, uh, he's a guy, he's a guy, he's a chap and he, uh, he doesn't play things normal. Uh, uh-uh. uh, Mark D'Antonio hates Kevin Kelly. Kevin Kelly does not kick the ball. Kevin Kelly, uh, well, does not kick it down gives, the field. He, he only onside kicks and only goes for it on fourth down, which indeed the mathematique indicates that perhaps it, those are winning calculations uh, because it's, when you think about it, the idea of a punt what? is to give the ball to the other team. So why bother? You know, just go for it, man. Uh, and if you really practice an onside kick and you get really good at it in the other teams, particularly at lower levels, don't exactly have the personnel uh, to prepare for a a well-adjusted, well uh, well uh, uh, executed. That's the word I wanted. Onside kick. It can be very, very effective. So he has just moved up a level. Where is he coaching now, Jonesy? 
Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. Yes, Kevin Kelly was one of the most famous high school coaches there was. Were was was, and yeah, I was now at Presbyterian College, which I think is interesting. From a does his trend sort of matriculate up? Well, it hasn't to date. Although I do think teams go for it for on fourth down further away from the opponent's uh, uh, um, end zone than they used to say 10 years ago. Um, I think really most programs, if it's a fourth and five at the opponent's 40, I think most programs are going for it at that point. Right. Yeah. So that wouldn't be the case even 10 years ago. Uh, Certainly not in like the nineties the nineties, they were punting on like the opponents 30. So, um, yeah, I personally, it, you know, I think Mel Tucker went for a couple, uh, a couple ballsy little fourth downs and I'm for it. I think that's the way the game should be played personally. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're Mel Tucker and you know that you, you can't pick up a yard on the ground if your life depends. Yeah, maybe you, uh, maybe those are passing downs. <laughs> uh all right uh we have two more quick off grand river notes one is georgia signed a uh, a bill allowing athletes to make endorsement money going into effect on july 1st interesting about georgia's law the bill also allows schools to take up to 75 percent of an athlete's endorsement income and redistribute it to other athletes <laughs> What is the constitutionality of that, Michael Jones? <laughs> I mean, oof. Uh, I, I I have to like it. It is. I can't. I can't not say it. And so I I have to give credit where credit is due. First to John Kirby on Twitter for pointing out that this is straight up socialism. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it is unavoidable uh that that this is definitely socialism that's um, why the georgia but, legislature likes the idea so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're very much hashtag accidentally socialist uh the i mean no legally this is very confusing and and frankly the way that it it, it counters the the notion that it is socialism is actually that it is about people in power preventing others from from making money and 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 you know growing their own power so that's the that's the space where it is i think more concerning is that schools and school administrators can can prevent their their biggest commodities if you will from from actually you know gaining wealth to a point that is is consequential this is going to be a mess. No, I mean this this whole system. It's, yeah. Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Real. And this is the kind of leadership you've expected at the NCAA, which has known this was coming, has known this is exactly what the tea leaves were saying was going to happen in state legislatures, because this is where the whole country is moving, and they have failed to get ahead of this. They only have themselves to blame. Yeah. Mark Emmert's like, I want legislation from the NCAA by July 1st. And it's like, Mark, we've been talking about on, on this podcast for a year and a half oh now. Like, he needs it, to this smash the subscribe button. Man. 
peacefully review too. And and we've been saying, and obviously it's not it's not like <laughs> to your point, Plum. Dig noted. It, it's not that we're leaders on this, but it is it is alarming that the NCAA wholly missed an opportunity to lead on this and control yep. how things change. Yeah. And instead begged and pleaded to Congress to create a national law so that they could negate the state's efforts. When, I mean, and, and they're not wrong to want something nationally, but they still could have framed the conversation and tried to, to run things off the past. Like it, it is, it is a level of stupid that is, it is uh, insufferable. You know what? I'm tired um, of the negativity of you two. Why don't you guys put together a nice right. little plan, take it down to Indianapolis and, and present it to Mark. And I'm sure that that'll just fix this entire situation. Got it. Here's the plan. They can do what they want. <laughs> if it if a college student can do it, they can do it. Next. Greg, you mentioned last week about a league, uh, a high school league of sorts. It's not really a league so much as a, uh, I guess a league. Kind of a competitor with AAU. Yeah. Yeah, so just in the same way that now, uh, so it's called Overtime Elite, and just in the same way that the G League is now becoming a destination for uh, you know elite players before they make it to the NBA, because of course the NBA, and it is the NBA's uh, rule again, uh, requires that players play one year uh, post-secondary education uh, basketball. Uh, so... The options have been college, Europe, or the G League, with the G League just just recently um, joining that list. There is now, uh, in addition to that, uh, in the secondary side of things, think almost the AAU side of things, uh, the Overtime Elite Basketball League. And I believe former UConn coach Kevin Ali is involved in this. Uh, and basically what it is, is paying high school players and paying them a, a fairly substantial salary, I would say for high school players and what they're claiming is something around the six figure range. So, um, this doesn't exist, exist yet. And I think it doesn't start until next year at the earliest. Um, but you are going to start to see a high level high school recruits, you know, get, uh, the opportunity to play in what is really not a school. It's really more of an AAU league is my understanding um, where they're going to try to really push on social media, uh, these games and the highlights from them. Um, and then, you know, hopefully for them become, you know, get a big piece of that, uh, that high school re recruiting, you know, heat, get those plays, get that, Get the get that uh, get that Instagram money. I guess I don't know what it is, but uh, it's come up frequently uh, for high end players in the last year. And then when, of course, Amani Bates uh, uh, reopened his commitment, MSU fans, um, you know, kind of heard about this uh, a little bit wider. But um, we'll see. It doesn't exist yet. Um, other than I, again, like I said, I think they hired Kevin Ollie to be the coach of it. Um, so that's where we're at. Anything else you wanted to add to that whole system? Drake's you mentioned Jeff Bezos and it's Drake. got Drake money. It's got Bezos money. So it's flush with cash. Flush baby. <laughs> flush it down the turlet. 
Okay. And on that note, Greg, talk to us about preserved homemade. Let me tell you about preserved homemade, man. Do just in the same way that the the finest of the the finest talent is going to go play at the what's it called the, the uh, uh, overtime, overtime elite. elite. Just the finest oh. preserves and the finest baked goods are available at the one and only the preserved homemade. And just like we're not sure really what's going to happen with overtime elite, and we're on the edge of our seat, there's an announcement coming at preserved homemade, a preserved homemade.com. Huge things coming for preserved homemade. So make sure to follow them on Twitter at preserved H or on IG at preserved underscore homemade uh, to find out what that's going to be. Because I heard just in the same way that Drake and Bezos are behind Overtime Elite, I heard they might be involved in this preserved homemade, you know, announcement that's coming up. Illuminati. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's what I heard. People are saying. So uh, get on, get on the preserved H Twitter account, uh, and hopefully that announcement will be coming soon, because we got to get some of those preserved and homemade treats. Man, got to get them. Love it. All right, gentlemen, it is week two of Twitter questions mm. for the power mm. rankings, and not gonna lie, people got involved. <laughs> We got a good batch of Twitter questions this week. And for those who don't know uh, or don't recall, Plum graded last week's uh, episode. It is my turn this week. So good luck. Uh, First up is Raymond Chains. He wants to know, have you paid any attention to MSU baseball? You might notice Greg checked Twitter a few minutes ago. Uh, He says, I have not because I'm bad, a bad person. Baseball shouldn't start till June. You'll freeze your gonads off watching it live this time of year. That feels right. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here's what I'll say. Thank you, Michael Jones. I was on campus yesterday. I would have loved to have been able to stop by the MSU baseball game, but it was not yet open to spectators. So uh, there will be no freezing of the gonads this year, Raymond Chains. Uh, you're fine. You don't have to bring warm water to disconnect yourself from the, uh, from the aluminum benches out there at the McLean stadium. Uh, for what reason were you on campus? We're having a walk. We're having a little campus walk, you know, as we do, uh, you know, in the afternoons. Mm -hmm. It was very nice. It was very nice campus walk. Uh, but yeah, so it, it is not, there's a reason the Midwestern teams tend to struggle in men's baseball. And it's that in terms of climate, we don't fully align with <laughs> the rest of the country and how they play baseball. So it is unfortunate that we, we lose so much of the, of the baseball season, but I do try to follow them and uh, it's not going great so far. They did win today, but it, it is That's not today. going great. Uh, Jake boss. Might not really be doing it, but uh, anything else you guys wanted to say about baseball? No, but I do want to ask precisely which NCAA policies and decisions cause Alex's fulminations. I get that he doesn't like the president, but spell out why for me. You're less informed listener. Raymond, you're not. Alex, uh, from the drive-thru. Come. <laughs> Give me that NW root beer for what? Uh, 
I, I think we've already talked about several um, today on the pod. Uh, name, image, and likeness is one. His absolute uh, manhandling, I think is a fair word to say, of the women's basketball tournament this spring. Uh, his ab- absolute lack of uh, transparency and communication uh, around the uh, spring and, and fall last year in the middle of COVID. Um, not only that, uh, USA Today uh, several years ago did a did a an article. I um, looked this up when I saw your question come through because I was like, I wonder what other examples I can cite for why he's such an idiot. Um, they did an article a number of years ago referencing all of his former jobs and pointing out all the times he's tried to shift blame or pass the buck on bad decisions he's made way back from when he was um, a leader at Montana State. Like he was a chancellor at University of Connecticut and blew like a one billion dollar construction project that they were doing. Um, when he was at Louisiana State, uh, he uh, there were some big academic issues, provost and stuff. Um, people had to, ended up leaving their job as whistleblowers. Um, so um, look at with COVID, he didn't lead. He had every opportunity to lead, and he chose not to. So, because that's just not the guy he is. He's a uh, he he follows and he passes the buck. So he's an idiot, and uh, he's here to stay for at least another four hundred years because people that dumb don't die. They sure don't. You're welcome. All right. Next up from Raymond Chains, this week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo. Tom and Mark. Mark with a C. (sighs) Who's Mark? Uh, Live stream themselves watching the Marvel movies, offering lively commentary. Or Tom denies the Wright brothers invented the airplane, citing family lore about his great great uncle drunkenly jumping off the barn with leather wings. Red leather and yellow leather. Yeah. (laughs) I love the idea of Izzo going to the mattresses for old Uncle Sven. uh, You know, that that invented flight out, you know, out out back in the UP. Uh, That's my choice for this. I do like that you said Sven because we're watching Happy Feet and Sven is the the penguin who can fly. Oh, perfect. That's where I got it. Yeah. Um, Plum, what do you got on this one? Uh, it's got to be it's got to be the Wright brothers. Uh, they definitely didn't do it. They they're just like Mark Emmer. They cribbed the idea from old great great uncle Bjorn Izzo with his leather wings. <laughs> I like how we've given him like Swedish names, despite the fact that Tom is pretty, pretty firmly in the Italian camp, right? <laughs> so the UP. All right. Next up. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right. Next up is Tech Jansen. He says, I'm tired. Are you this tired? This for you, dad. Yeah. What did you have to do for Mother's Day today? Um, I had, a, I had an okay day. It's what okay did you do to make it better for someone better. else, Michael? That's what yeah, I'm asking. That's the question. A mother, uh, a mother in your home. Got up, uh, got up. Oh um, God! And uh, well, there were there were plans to go to the brunch. The brunch was the plan. So actually, it was a uh, everybody up. Today is normally my day to sleep in. Wow! Um, so you've already made this about yourself. I did not a, a number of times. No, no, no. But I didn't. Okay. Is uh, is my point? That's what I did. Is I I didn't. Okay. Um, but by telling us but, now, haven't yeah, you uh, made it about yourself and how much you didn't make it about yourself? Huh. And then I paid for brunch, <laughs> and I drove. Wow. Uh, what a guy! What a guy! Uh, what a lucky lady in your and life. And can you believe this? I took the carryout with me, and 
Uh, no, uh, but Tech, yes, I, well, here's the thing, Tech, actually, no. Tomorrow is my two-week anniversary of my shot, my second shot, so I am, like, erect with Pfizer lore. <laughs> I am ready to take on the world, and, uh, and I feel spry, sprung, and stiff as a board. Okay, lovely. Uh, Plum, next up from Tex Jansen. Uh, what is the proper way to cut a sandwich, assuming standard squarish shaped slices of bread? The vertical cut, the horizontal cut, quarters, the diagonal cut, or diagonal quarters? Is there a difference if it's vertical and horizontal if it's squarish, though? Uh, Don't ever think it. Yeah. No, yeah, because the top of the bread has the, like the little like butt. You know, yeah. Like yeah, you cut it the, down. The, do you cut it down the butt, or do you cut it? That's a vertical cut. Would be down the butt. Perspective. You, you, I think the I think we can all agree the horizontal cut is right out because you can have half a sandwich that's flat and the other half is butt. That's that's impossible. You can't have an M on one side and just a flat line on the other. That's that's criminal. But then isn't but isn't the diagonal out then? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's a good point. That's you're showing you're showing the flaw of my logic because I was going to say diagonal cut. I love the diagonal cut. It seems like such a great cut. I love to cut it diagonally and then spread it a little bit apart and then fill the center with like a potato salad or a potato chip or some chip, other yeah. potato derivative. But, Plum, let me ask you this: When you think of a diagonal cut, is it a is there a butt on the bread? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You're pointing out the flaw of my thinking on this. I guess it's because it's diagonal that I don't care as much. Uh, I don't know. I, I, what, what, what if I, what if I, su- I suggest that all the cuts aren't represented here? What if I cut the muffin top off of the bread? So it's like a one-third, okay. two-thirds scenario. What about that, listeners? Well, and you know, some sandwiches, you want to get rid of the crust because some kids don't like crust. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, Plum, let me ask you, answer this question if it's a if it's a bun, mm. a circular bun. Can you answer that? Yeah, question that's well, if it's a circular bun, the vertical and the horizontal are the same cut. And, and so frankly, so is the diagonal. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I don't, don't know what to tell you there. <laughs> Explain to me circles. All right. Next up from Tech Jensen, who whose question took a surprising turn to the excellent. Uh what punctuation mark best describes your feelings about Michigan State? This is a round robin here. Tech says theirs is the intero bang, which I didn't realize was a an actual thing that you could do. Are you familiar uh, with this? I, it's a question mark, a, a uh, an exclamation. Yeah, built I in. just looked it up while you were uh, talking about sandwiches. Uh, the intero bang apparently is for rhetorical questions with emphasis. Uh, an exclamatory rhetorical question. Uh, the interrobang. Uh, I knew. Can you, is that just like when you text someone and you put a question mark and then an exclamation point right apparently. after? Apparently. Okay. Uh, we should do a ver. Right. What? <laughs> we should do a version of this where it's you know what what are the Big Ten teams and what are all of their punctuation marks and then uh, Michigan's is obviously the asterisk. Um, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was good. That was good. Uh, Plum, Plum, what's your what what uh, what describes your uh, your feelings about Michigan State in punctuation? Um, uh, uh, Greg, how about you? Yeah. Uh, I'm a I'm an ellipses type of guy. Uh, I'm going to take the ellipses. 
What was the, uh, what was Spartan? Yeah, Spartan's will. Maybe it's a comma. You know, like there's more there. I guess the ellipsis does the same thing. Or maybe it's a semicolon. Spartan's will, semicolon, and then you finish with the next independent clause. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Done. Well reasoned. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with M dash because it takes up the most space on the page. My God. The worst. <laughs> All right. Like my Pfizer. John Hubbard. John Hubbard is back. All right, Jonesy, this is for you. Mr. John Hubbard asks, how much can I put down uh, the generous host of the pod to support my GoFundMe to commission the B-52s to record the fight song for this upcoming sports season? The B-52s. John, great question. And I want to be very clear about my feelings about the, the B-52s. Which is to say that um, uh, I will, uh, I will, I will go full tenant on you oh. to end your existence oh in the past, in advance of your decision to do this. Is this because you have no soul and you don't enjoy life? The B fifty twos are just joyous, Michael. A joyous I, cacophonous it, band. I. Could you imagine a a version of the fight song done by the B? Like, really think? That I'm trying through. to think of it to like the tune of um, Rock Lobster. Well, think of it to to the tune of, or think of it in terms of Love Shack with whatever the the lead singer, the male lead singer, um, in his sort of like sly commentary to the side, and like instead of doing weak, it's like him being like wait, yes. I, can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, yes. no. John, Go right zero dollars, baby. That's exactly what we'd have. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I need it. I need it. <laughs> it wasn't a fight. Right. It was a fight with a vim. I don't know. That is, that is not great. Next up from John Hubbard, uh, Plum. What would you say uh, to the idea that the winner of the Twitter questions gets to be a part of Can't Read, Can't Write group text for the next month? After all, at least one third of each show is written by you, uh, or written by your audience anyway. Oh, 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 oh! I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. <laughs> I mean, we could set up a group meet. Yeah. We could do that. And here's the thing, though, John and listeners, I don't actually hate this idea, and I wouldn't mind other people submitting ideas for uh, what the winner gets. Though it is weird, the notion of kicking someone out of a group text at the end of a month is quite funny. Uh, (laughs) But here's the thing you need to know about Kevin Grek. He's not going to regularly participate. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you'll want to be having a conversation and Kevin Grek will not. (laughs) And uh, largely the group text will be me sending tweets yeah, you're ready to just get for th- news links that are, that are that are things for us to talk about that are like me bookmarking what we're going to talk about on the show so john i don't hate this idea though it sounds like maybe plum doesn't either. yeah i'm i'm not i'm not ruling this out all right uh new contest other people you have two weeks come up with a better idea all right uh next up gentlemen uh, the Gates, that is Bill and Melinda, are single again. What is your plan to seduce one or the other or both? This was not part of his question, but I think for Melinda, we can all agree that it starts with, I don't know Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, God. 
Or did you guys not see this? Uh, I have no idea. What you're I have no clue what you're saying, and I'm just more upset that you even mentioned him on the pod. That now an explicit rating. Oh yeah. So, uh, so, so yeah, your f bombs didn't do it. Supposedly, Melinda Gates uh, started seeing divorce lawyers in 2019 after it came out that Bill Gates had ties to Jeffrey Epstein. Oh shit! Big oof. Yeah. Yeah. I just think of, yeah. of Bill Gates as like a sexual being is like entirely just like a robot. <laughs> you you said that too slowly, so you just so it sounded like two different words. A, a sexual being. Sexual being. <laughs> uh well, I was going to say Bill's <laughs> my guy, but now I'm thinking Melinda. Um um yeah. Sorry to take you to a dark place, but that's that's what oh, happened today. Yeah. Everyone is sad now. All right. Well, John, that's not your fault. Uh, isn't please, that, Michael, isn't that do not hold this against John that, um, you know, he didn't make you say the things that you said. So uh, but we have to move on. To Mama Maple Leaf, uh, number one from Mama Maple Leaf, MSU. Nope, nope, read, nope, read it. Read, read it in it the correctly. order that we received them. Number two from Mama Maple Leaf, <laughs> MSU 2021 commencement ceremonies are in the book. Who would you choose for speaker for MSU 2022 commencements? Hopefully post-pandemic and why? Options provided include A, G- Governor Gretchen Whitmer, B, Dr. Tony Fauci, or C, the healthcare worker that vaccinated you. Uh, well, so I think this this says a lot about what shot Mama Maple Leaf got. <laughs> right? Maybe they're... She's a J&J. She's a J&J Maybe girl. they're uh, just very consistent wherever Mama Maple Leaf got her, uh, got her vaccination. Um, also, I want to be very clear. I didn't get vaccinated by a healthcare worker. Say more. Did they just like roll you the syringe and like walk you through it? Yeah. Like, I I don't know that I count an Air Force reservist mm, as a as a healthcare mm. worker. Oh well, I mean, my entire vaccination site was run by the the reserves. That's perfect. Though. I love that. I really do. I, I loved it too. I thought it was amazing. Yeah, it's great. Like that's a, a, a like a, a, I have never been. I was Sandy adjacent when um when Hurricane Sandy ra- ran through the Northeast. But like this is the first time I had experience with the National Guard being involved in in a, for lack of a better word, like a, a crisis. Yeah. And and I was I I can't say enough about how amazing that was to witness. And I and I know a lot of other people had, I mean, healthcare workers, notwithstanding Plum, have been inspiring. Um, but I I would just say that it was it, it was really cool to see a whole bunch of people who were weekend warriors who sort of got called into duty to just respond full time, and that was awesome. Sorry for the dig, Plum. I don't know. But anyway, uh, th- that was a, a side note to Mama Maple's question. Someone else answer twenty twenty two. It's got to be Doctor Fauci, right? <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to be. be a little bit in demand. Um, a little busy. Might be tough to book. That dude slaps. That's all I'm saying. Plum, what do you got? Uh, no, I'm Fauci. I'm Team Fauci. 
Tony. Yeah. Uh, all, number one. Uh, so that was number two. Number one, uh, MSU women's golf takes home the Big Ten championship and granted an automatic entry in the NCAA championship beginning with regionals May 10th through 12th. Guessing this news was edited out with the extraneous profanity from last week's pod. Which one of you were able to name their coach? <laughs> oh my God, Susan! Susan, you put us on the line. Wait, plum. Oh no, er, Greg, did did you edit out? Did you edit out last week? No, I, I don't think we we edited it out. But I think we're getting called out for not actually knowing anything about the women's sports. <laughs> Uh, I want to be very, uh, no, I think it's because she knows I can't pronounce Stacy's last name. Um, and that hurts my feelings. And honestly, mama Maple Leaf, if you can pronounce Stacy's last name, I, I challenge you. I've not met Stacy and I, I've not watched enough big 10 network to know an announcer who calls it out by name. Anyway, uh, I think this is rude. I, I, you know, frankly, Mama Maple Leaf. You know what? I'll come clean. You, Mama Maple Leaf is the one who asked for the profanity. Last I'll, week. I'll come clean. I uh, I don't know the the women's golf uh, team's head coach. So Jonesy does. Slabo de Nick. Jonesy does. Slabo de Nick. Uh, Plum. Slabo de Nick. Would you have none, known if this came to you? No, no, not okay. even close. Thank you. But I would like to announce that Look, the what? women's soccer team coach, Tom Saxton, uh, has announced his retirement. And yeah. we wish him the very best. You're so welcome. we know the women's coaches when they're men. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. So also, what's, can we fix that? Can we stop doing yeah. that? Well, he's That's been with the program since the 80s. So back then it was okay and cool. Yeah, but it, it's still a thing that happens. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying that because you're a woman, you have to coach a woman's sport, but it, it just is alarming to me that you, you like, you couldn't look around and find a qualified woman to do this job. Sure. Like that's, that's the piece that, it, that is always shocking to me. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there are more than enough qualified women to coach women's soccer or, or men's soccer for that matter. But you get my point. Anyway, I'm a Maple Leaf question number three. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. During this pandemic, what behavior, with a you, have you noticed about yourself and changed in order to make you a better you? That is a great question. That's a great question. uh, Greg, you started started treating his wife a lot better. I would agree with that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, I mean, it couldn't get any worse. Okay. It could only improve. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, I don't. I don't have I, a great I, introspective I read, answer to this question. Um, I started finding things that that made me happy, like actually things that I could do on a regular basis. That that whether they were uh, lame or dorky or dumb, that like just made me happy, and I did those things. So uh, <laughs> Plum knows, um, and Greg has made fun of me that, for this, but like. Uh, I decided to care a lot about my lawn for a really dumb yeah. reason. And this is what you have and, to but look it forward made me to. Happy. I made you happy and it chat. looks great. Thank you, Plum. Uh, and so that's a thing that I, I did. Um, I, I did other things as well, but like I, I just, I decided to dedicate myself to things that I could control 
which I think for a lot of us this past year has been um, past more than a year now uh, about a lot of things not being within our control. And so, uh, and, and things that we used to be able to control like fitness for a while we lost. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think for me, those, uh, you know, whether that's saying, deciding that I was going to do happy hours with friends on a regular basis, like it was going on the calendar. Um, you know, for me anyway, that's, that's what I'll say is I, I decided to pick things that I, I knew I could, I could take control over and I did them. Plum? I will say that I, um, have I I think it's important to honor and acknowledge other people's feelings, but you can't um sacrifice your own needs for the sake of other people's feelings. And I have finally come to terms with uh acknowledging and honoring other people's feelings, but not letting my own um take a backseat to that and being authentic about articulating my own feelings and needs. And it's been very refreshing. There's a lot of that uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, right? The uh I know people have it worse than me. Yeah. And then you would say how you feel. Yeah. And then eventually we realized, no, it, it, you don't need to say that. It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it sucks for everyone. Yep. yep. This isn't a competition. And it's okay that it sucks for you yep. too. Right. Yes. We're not ranking people yep. unlike these Twitter questions. Come on. Uh, for my part, I'll, I'll say that uh, I think I, I realize that we should stop taking the smaller moments for granted, right? Being mm -hmm. able to go to places, hang out with people, see people, be with family, be with friends. So this weekend, when for a good portion of my family, when our two weeks post uh, post vaccine had elapsed and we were all ready to go to be able to go and have an actual Mother's Day with my mother and hug and sit down at the same table and do all of those things, you know, I realized that these people are dull and I was right before. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're so stupid. That's so nice. All right. <laughs> Greg, for shitting on that moment, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a big hit with my mom, by the way. Uh, uh, next question for you is from Verbose Dutch. Welcome back, by the way. Verbose! Can you explain... Can you explain cryptocurrencies? <laughs> All right. Verbose Dutch. Here's how cryptocurrencies work. You know how... Imagine Elon's face. You, you know how... You know how government is always keeping you down? And you're always... You know, you're always being put under by government. And they're, they got all these regulations. They got all this stuff. Well, now there's this new, totally unstructured currency that doesn't actually work in any way as currency. It's all just, you know... Uh, entirely speculation and now instead of being under the boot of government you get to be under the boot of bad actors instead as Woo! they pump and dump scheme and as they meme you and as they create garbage coins and then take all your money and then everything folds because this is way better way better and it's all done with gpus and this is why there's a global chip shortage and i understand that that's actually and aren't they also true. isn't it also super bad from a uh there was a, yeah there was a whole article about this uh, some city in upstate new york consumes more energy apparently than the state of virginia does because they're doing uh bitcoin mining yeah yeah, it, it takes an incredible amount of energy to do the math equations to process these transactions for nothing, by the way. They're not there's no exchange of goods. There's there's no real purpose to this. It's entirely 
a speculative market. So it's not my favorite thing. Uh, if that didn't come across, I think it's dumb. Um, but paper money. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Jonesy is someone that's been away. I'm going to ask you this question from verbose Dutch is East Lansing a great college town or is it a town next to a great college? So I, I kind of wanted to ask you guys this question because I, uh, well, so first of all, I, I think the framing is wrong because we can agree that if nothing else, it is a town next to a great college, yeah. right? Like, yeah, I get what you're it, saying. It can be it both. Is, it is certainly true that, um, that MSU as a standalone does not need East Lansing to feel the way we do about our experiences at MSU. Sure. And, and frankly, what's interesting is I don't know that say, uh, and this isn't me trying to be shitty really, but I don't know that the folks down the road in Ann Arbor would say the same thing. I think they might need their city a bit more. Mm. I mean, I could be, I could be wrong. I'm not like, that's not a hill I'm willing to die on at all. But, um, which also means is East Lansing a great town? I don't know. I mean, it's not the same town I, I went to school at. That's for sure. Grex reminded me of that on the reg and which tells me that there weren't enough institutions there that weren't worth killing. Hmm. On, on the altar of, of progress, if that, if that makes huh. sense. Okay. All right. I mean, you could debate me on Like, I'm happy to receive, I mean, think about things that, that, uh, that we liked when I was at college. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I can't even think of the name of it anymore. Uh, what's the old version of Conrad's? Oh, you're talking about Menas joint? Menas. Thank you. Menas. Menas a big deal. Gone now. Right. Uh, well, there is still one in Mount Pleasant, I believe. But yes. Oh my god. Cool. Great. Poncheros gone. Ah, big gone? Ten burrito. Oh my gone. God, used to for big um, burrito. I believe there's still the shitty Barnes and Noble Starbucks from that Magic Johnson. Uh, I remember think that, he sold it, but that, that doesn't exist. Oh, great. What was the name of that Polish place that was right next door to Rice Kitchen? What? Oh yeah, terrible to remember. Woody's doesn't sell booze anymore. What? That's not true. Oh yeah, that you is true. Me that, that is true. Did they ever? Yes. Oh, that's a... Yeah, they had a wonderful bar there actually. With really oh, yeah, they, had, they, they had the, the, the Grand yeah, River the down, one. The Grand River one. Yeah, the Grand River one. Uh, oh, so that's just gone. Yeah, it's just the oh, yeah, bridge. They moved. Now. They're yeah, they're over like by Frandor or not Frandor. Uh, uh, what was it called? Trowbridge Plaza. Trowbridge Plaza. Yeah. QDs are gone. Well, like, still the one on Michigan. That the double decker. Mc... Yeah, but there some are gone. But if you told me the McDonald's double decker was gone, I wouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, they're hiring right now, by so, the way. Well, yeah, as are every restaurant, pay people restaurants. Um, but I guess I just. This is a really great question for most Dutch. I I don't I don't think East Lansing is a great college town. Um, I think East Lansing has a couple things, 
but I think it is Michigan State that that makes East Lansing good to find. All right, and not not the other. We're way in a around. really good position because you've been away for a long time. Uh, now, Plum, you get to come up occasionally. What's your take on this? Um, it's true. I avoid fancying myself a fan of progress, but um, the downtown and East Lansing, I just it just feels different. I imagine everyone says that whenever they've been gone and come back. It, feels um, more um cookie cutter like there were just such there were such weird like the old timey haircut place that was on grand river by the place that what was the coffee place that i love that's gone now that's been replaced by something else next to the credit union by peanut barrel espresso royale oh espresso yeah, royale does, yeah that was that's unfortunate gone. you know so it's oh it's not it's it's to, yeah so it's just a lot of that stuff and like the parking garages and stuff and, and it just um yeah, I, 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 I love, I mean, yeah, you can love your time and I did. And I loved the trashy houses we would party in and walk around in, but we didn't really see anything in East Lansing. I mean, it's just that Grand River part. That's the only part that we knew. Um, and I think that that just makes it, uh, I think it just makes it a town that's next to a great college. And, but that facilitated great college experience. And that might be what I say about it. Yeah. The, 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 peop- the people, the people and the moments you had there made it great. Yeah. Right, like there's nothing about the East Lansing scenery, and again, I, I I really hate to give the comparison to them, but like you can look at the scenery of Ann Arbor and point to things that make the campus and life there inextricably linked. There's nothing about East Lansing that, and I would go there in a heartbeat. I will be going there next this fall, and I'm staying at Greg's place in East Lansing. We're going to every place I've ever been in East Lansing while I'm there. But do you disagree, Greg? Here's what I'll say. I'm going right. to go to Crunchy's and I'm going to ask for a bucket of beer. And they're going to serve Hell me yes. draft beer in a literal bucket. And damn it, if that doesn't make a great college town, then I don't know what does. Nope. Thank you very much. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Well done, sir. All right. Last from Verbose Dutch. Great Verbose. Honestly, that got you higher in the rankings than I ever thought it would. That was good. Uh, where do you pick morels? I don't care for mushrooms, so pass. I, I mean, Same. if I could eat the goop from the Matrix, I would. So, um... mm. pass. Right. Next up, CT and TC. <laughs> You had you done so well, and then you lost it all. CTTC up next, which I'm just gonna say now. Well done, sir. Uh, do you usually bring your grill to the tailgate? Does anyone know what's motivating this question? CTTC uh, is excited to tailgate. I, I suppose uh, I have a specific travel grill that I do take to tailgate when I'm tailgating on campus. But now my grill is at the tailgate because the tailgate is at my house. Uh, so that's my answer. Oh, I thought you were going to say that that uh, that you have people where you are who do the grilling for Well, you. they use my grill. Yes, that's true. I'm not grilling. Oh, you bring it, you bring it up into the windowed area? Okay. At yeah. the game? Into the windowed area. That's correct. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, Plum, I'm going to start with you on this. Better burger, crunchies or peanut it's the barrel? the olive burger at peanut barrel, and I will not hear anything else. It's not a burger. Sorry? 
That's it is a burger. It's right. a hamburger with olive yeah. butters and olive sauce topping. You fuck. Forgive him. He he knows not what he says. It's how embarrassing. The olive burger is in fact I in fact when I go to the peanut barrel I always get either the olive burger or I get the hot dog covered in coleslaw. So. Oh, that well, that's 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 different. That's genius. But you know what? I'm gonna have the olive burger when I go yeah. stay at Greg's place for an inordinate amount yes, of time. Month. Here's what I'll say, CT and TC. Uh, I love me a peanut barrel burger. I love me a crunchies burger. But Plum, next time you're up, maybe we take a stroll down to Dagwoods right. and we have a burger Why there. Am I, I have heard. Why am I, not I have heard Dagwoods is fantastic. Also. The thing with the the burgers at Crunchies, the burgers at Crunchies are fantastic, but inexplicably not. But you're oh my god, you're invited. But but the the Crunchy Burger is 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 only good because you're anyone mentioned because you're drinking beer out of a bucket. You know what I mean? Like it it it's part of the the larger contextual experience. You can go to Peanut Barrel for the burger, right? (laughs) To be clear, Jeer Bear went from not liking Plum to hating plum with that statement <laughs> uh i i'm gonna go ahead and actually say i think i mm, if if it's classic burger and classic burger i'm gonna go crunchies that's my that's my verdict great oh my god we're at i know we're never gonna get time. finished yep we have we have, we have pages of questions left if the Big Ten schools were arrested development characters, who would they be? All right. We fortunately we did the work on this. We can only we can't dwell on these. I'm sorry, TNT, CTNTC. You did a great job, but we we did the work. We're gonna say who they are, and then if we want, we can do some kind of statement, and then we gotta move on. So uh Jonesy, you did the first one. Nebraska, what do you got? It's I think it's Barry Zuckercorn. <laughs> uh, uh and there's just a level of like stupidity. Like, I mean, Barry Zuckercorn is obviously someone who uh, is of a status and stature that that thinks they're elite, but like says things that are are so dumb. So Nebraska, a member of the Big Ten, which requires some academic prowess, but they actually don't have it, which makes them in line with Barry Zuckercorn. They could be Michael Bluth because Michael likes to threaten that he is going to leave all the time and doesn't. Similar. Uh, I also had Iowa, which is next. And, and I said that is, uh, that is firmly in the maybe. Um, and here's my reason why in the same way that maybe's name was a pun for maybe she's your cousin. Uh, maybe Iowa's going to be good is a thing you can say yearly in multiple sports. And they're not like maybe's not his cousin. That's my answer. <laughs> maybe we'll win. Maybe Iowa will win the Big Ten championship this year. They won't. <laughs> Next up, Minnesota. You uh, got it. I thought Minnesota pretty clearly. Egg. And egg. And <laughs> her. Her. Every time I see a recruit uh, commit to to Minnesota, I think. <laughs> Yes. 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 Well said. Uh, All right. Next up is Wisconsin, uh, which we spent some time on this one going back and forth. And I think 
we landed on Kitty? Yeah. Spring Break. Spring Break. <laughs> Woo! Relevant, but like, you know, not, you know, drives the plot sometimes, but you know, not the center of attention, you know? Mm-mm. Unless she wants to be. Uh-huh. Like, it, which is to say that every game they mention it, the third quarter, jump yeah. around. Like, that's, that's, that's what it is. Uh, Northwestern. Uh, I'll take Northwestern. Uh, I thought Northwestern was pretty clearly blah, blah, blah. Like, just straight <laughs> business. Just very serious. Uh, very yeah. serious all the time. Keeps a law blog. Um, one of those situations uh, for the blah, blah, blah. So let's move to Illinois. And I want to give Greg all the credit in the word world for this one. <laughs> I can't even... So, Greg, who is Illinois? Tracy Bluth, of course. Wait, for those who don't know, who's Tracy Bluth? Tracy Bluth is a almost entirely unnamed character that is the late wife of (laughs) Michael Bluth, the main character and mother of George Michael. Um, (laughs) Really barely in the picture at all. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, next up is Purdue. Oh my! Alex, who do we oh got? Oh my God, Gene Perman! You did it again! Yes, I love it. Indiana, Oscar Bluth, <laughs> just Oscar Bluth. Indiana, bumbling along. Indiana basketball is Oscar Bluth. <laughs> And to a degree, uh, at times seems like they're relevant in football, but they're not. Uh, OSU. It's got to be Lucille Blue. If I wanted something your thumb touched, I'd lick the inside of your ear. <laughs> so good. And as we learn, the two, the true villain of uh, ah, of uh, the, the Arrested Development. Uh, but a true true hero. R.I.P. Indeed. Uh, Rutger. Tobias Fumke. Rutgers is Tobias. Of Ru- course. You mean Rutger. Ru- Rutger yes. is for sure the never nude of the Big Ten. <laughs> to be sure. And, uh, like a famed song by Tobias, uh, the, it, Timo Sill has, uh, what is it, an I or an E? That's not where you think. It's silent. Either way, the S is silent in Rutger. Next up, Maryland. This has got to be Buster, right? Yeah. Like, uh, both bumbling, ineffectual, uh, uh, dependent upon everybody else by a lot. And, and, well, and I was going to say, and uh, seemingly playing by the ocean is not good for them. (laughs) Um, uh, All right, Michigan. We spent some time thinking about this one. If there was a Big Ten university that constantly was telling me how expensive its suit is, it would be Michigan, which means ultimately Michigan is Job. A bumbling fool living on a boat. Um, Driving a Segway. And if you disagreed, then fine. It's Steve Holt. Because Steve Holt. all you've got is Steve Holt. 
so good. All right. And uh, who did we say Michigan State was? Uh, I originally put Jay Walter Weatherman in here. (laughs) And that's why you always leave a note. Um, that's, I think that's right. That's, I, I like that. Uh, particularly now that Stanley is the, uh, the president. Yeah. Because because you're always in on the joke. You're there to, to, you know, make the lesson learn. You're going to keep the person humble. That's Michigan state, right? There we go. Yeah. Humbling Humbling everyone. everyone. All right. Next up, upper deck jerk guy, CT and TC. Great question. Uh, a protector guy asks, how many piercings and tattoos do you have? None. Uh, yeah. We're none. a very dull podcast. Yeah, very, <laughs> very boring. We're a zero here. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, fuck you, a protector guy. Many people are saying that the pod is in trouble, and the only way to boost ratings is to get rid of Jonesy. What do you have to say about this? People are saying... Upper Deck Jerk Guy, how did you hack Fuck in? You, Plum. How did you hack into to my and, and Plum's text chain? Yep. Like, yep. 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 Big if true. Yep. Big if true. Uh, do we want to do we want to shout out the Upper Deck Jerk Guy for for getting us some pub? Oh yeah, you should give him a nod. Doctor Cap. Yeah. You know your your voice is coveted, and we thank you for hacking us that one time. Yep. Um. And even though some people mumble the name of our podcast on a oh, show. I'll take this next uh, one. All right. uh, Jonesy, can yeah. you tell me about Kajani Wright? Yeah, I can, actually. So Kajani Wright is a uh, power forward out of L.A. He's a 6'9", 215-pound power forward. Um, he's technically slotted for the class of 2022, and Michigan State has been recruiting him, uh, though he may... It sounds like reclassified to the class of 2021. Just in time. Yeah. Uh, he is the 11th player nationally, second power forward, which this is insane to me that somehow you can be the 11th player nationally and there's a power forward who is likely ahead of you. Um, and that he's the third ranked player in California. Anyway, he's a five star on 24 seven in the composite and their own rankings. Um, he has offers from uh, all good schools. The ones that are he is, according to 24-7, warm on are Arkansas. That can't be real. Uh, Florida State, Kansas, Michigan State, and Stanford. Uh, he became the buzz of Michigan State Twitter because there was expected to be an announcement from him, and people thought it was going to be that he was going to announce that he was reclassifying for Michigan State. Um, Honestly, I don't want him to reclassify. We have no one in the class of 2022. Yeah, but we've got open scholarships. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Uh, next up, Anthony Garvert. Way too early prediction time. MSU at University of Louisiana in 2024. Who do you got? And while you're at it, MSU at BYU in 2032. <laughs> That's where I said we we're going to get back to this. I don't even know if I'm going to be alive. Oh, right my now. God. Oh, my God. Uh, are we actually playing at BYU then? Yeah, I think so, oh yes. God. Oh, my goodness. Because we skipped that BYU game uh, last year for COVID. Um, I didn't realize there was going to be another one. Uh, boo, 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 boo. UNL. I, I think uh, Tuck's gonna roll. 
Yeah, uh, we both. Both, both yeah. times. Yeah. Both yep. of these questions. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, so Tuck's still here in 2023. Oh, yeah, for sure. Love it. For sure. Yeah, All right. Uh, Greg, this is for you. After last week's supposedly family-friendly episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, my six-month-old went straight from babbling to littering our house with profanity. (laughs) How do I get back in the good graces of my wife? On Mother's Day. From Anthony Garber. On Mother's Day. Plum, you did this. I did what do you this, have to say for yourself? No, well, I, Mama Maple I was at the invitation this. of one Susan Villain, and thank you, Susan, very much. I appreciated the opportunity, and I will take it up anytime. Second thing, let me just say, Garber, the way you get back in your wife's good graces is by affirming for her that your child is clearly a savant if they are uh, that eloquent and loquacious at only six months old. In some respects, we should be thanked for uh, helping your child's cognitive yep. development hit such a monumental developmental milestone so early. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garbert, I want to be very clear. As someone who dealt with a child who was going through a speech delay, for you to even be complaining about this to me Uh-oh. indicates a lack of there sensitivity. He's made it about himself made again. It about himself again. Here it is. <laughs> All right, last up from Garbert. Prop bet of the week, number of rushing touchdowns in the 2021 football season versus the the highest rank of Mel Tucker's recruiting class during his time oh at over under is set at eighteen and a half. That's a, oh, that's Garv a, that is does a not have high hopes for the Mel Tucker recruiting scheme, but he does have um, high hopes for the number of rushing touchdowns. I think in the season. Well, uh, I mean, there wasn't one last yeah, season. I know. So yeah, so zero to eighteen and a half is good. That's great. So if you if you're if you're doing 13 games, right? That's uh what's what is someone help me? This would be one and a half per game basically. Yeah. Yeah. So if yeah, if you want the over you're taking one and a half a game. Yeah. I would uh, but it, so then is the over on the recruiting class does that mean it's higher than 18.5 so it's actually a worse recruiting class? That's a great point. Well, I think you have to I think you take the over as a good thing. Okay. Um, well, what was what was the 2016 MSU? I'm, I'm going to take I'm going to take the under on, on both. Of, I'm going to take the under for this. I think oh they're, they're going to be fewer than 18 and a half rushing touchdowns. And I do think we're going to get a Mel Tucker recruiting class in the top 15. National. Uh, so he, he read it like oh, okay, he read okay, it like I, I did. Okay. Um, I was going wait and what versus the highest rank ever, and we're assuming that Mel Tucker stays with the program for the next forty years, right? Of course. Of okay. course. Yep. Yeah. In that case, yeah, in that case. But I was gonna go, I think I'm gonna go over on the rushing touchdowns. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that we can Wow, do it. gonna yeah. go from zero to nineteen. Yeah, I'm gonna go zero to least. twenty. Yeah. Twenty. My man. I'm with Plum on this. I think Kenneth Walker is the real deal. I'm I'm going I'm going with Plum. All right. 19. All right. So, uh all right, uh Joe Ashworth last week's winner is up next. Campus is beautiful and p- picturesque as well as we all know uh and has been seen in movies and our televisions alike. Pitch me an idea for a movie, show, reality TV, game show, etc to be filmed 
featuring MSU. He says, I'll go first. The Circle, Hubbard Hall. Um, I have not watched The Circle. My wife does. Do either of you? I don't know what this is. It's a Netflix show. Uh, it's not important. I think the answer is behind the scenes with Tom Izzo. Oh, that'd be a good one. Or something like Survivor Brody, you know? That'd be kind of cool and weird. <laughs> yes, I like that. Uh, Survivor Brody. <laughs> uh, all right. Michigan State isn't all about the revenue sports and has some awesome facilities from golf to tennis. Tennis is mostly about uh, tailgating, right? Yeah. Um, to walking the 16 miles from Brody to the vet med building for freshman bio, what facilities or ways to stay fit on campus were your favorite? Hey Joe, did you want to tell this question to swimming or no? (laughs) Or nah? I mean, this, he wants us to say I am West, right? Yeah, We all love I am West together. I mean, I, I think Corrigan and I used to work out at the Wonders Wonder Bodies gym. Oh, Wonder Bodies! Yeah, is that one of the gyms in the basement, in the basement. of the various dormitories? Yeah. yeah, but it's not bad. Like it's a it's a very fine to good gym. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Or it was anyway. I I don't want to you know any current students or more recent students. I don't know if Anthony Martinico listens to this pod, but if he does, Anthony Martinico was the attendant at, uh, at wonder bodies when we were freshmen. So there you go. Um, I have a whole story for after we record the pod on this, but anyway, uh, springtime on the banks of the red cedar can be wild, particularly when campus floods. Mm. Joe says we used to float from Hagedorn past the library with a cooler of beer on an inflatable raft. What are some shenanigans that you enjoyed that felt borderline illegal, but maybe slash probably weren't? Ooh. Uh, I'll, I'll I start. Mean, so, I have a, I yeah. just have like a very small bladder and always have. And after a particularly raucous night out on one of the, you know, house parties that we would go to north of Grand River, I'd have to get back to the dorm because I lived in the dorms as an RA for all those years. Uh, and I would absolutely stop and pee in the same bushes right next to Dem Hall, uh, which I I know is illegal, um, but I still did it every time. And I don't know how I didn't get caught because that was a pretty serious penalty if you did. Ooh. There you go. Yeah, uh, they don't like it when the this is target for I know ticket it's, for everything. Yeah, um, sure. I. Greg, you got anything on this I, one? I, I mean, like, the thing is, drinking with an open intox on campus became illegal while, like, two years or a year before we became yeah, exactly legal to drink. No, oh, no, I think it was before but it was, we were on campus, even. Um, oh, really? Oh, the, okay. I would, the, the thing that comes to mind to me is, you know how everyone has a has a friend that tells tall tales? Well, I had one that used to really like to talk up the amount of time he had spent in the steam tunnels. But, um, you know, whenever, you know, we got around to asking if he could show us. Cha-cha-cha? No. <laughs> it was not cha-cha-cha. <laughs> you know, he could show <laughs> us the way around the steam tunnels. Wouldn't you know it? You know, there was some reason why we couldn't go that day. So I didn't really get in a crazy number of shenanigans on campus. But that, you know, the, the steam tunnel thing would have been nice. Uh, Jonesy, you got anything for this? I mean, uh 
I, I've told my fireworks story on the pod before, and that's probably the closest, but that was definitely illegal. Yeah. So I have I have more stories from my time as a I am soccer referee supervisor, but they we don't have time on the pod, and uh, I'm sure someone will ask a question about this. Someone ask that question next week. Yeah. yeah just it, tell more stories, Plum, about soccer. Uh, All right. Oh, next up, Dan Pepper. Where's the furthest a field you've uh, place you've gotten a go green wearing MSU gear? Um, oh. in, um I'll okay. go first. Uh, uh, I I was in the White Mountains and and did a go green. And actually, while I was in the Grand Canyon, I got three go greens. Oh, very nice. Oh, so um, that that's mine. I'm trying to think if I got any in. Europe. I definitely got a Vancouver go green. Um, Plum, what do you got? Uh, Nepal. Nepal. There's uh, oh, there you go. However, I will say in February, right <laughs> I, before COVID started, I was in Liberia and on the border uh, between Liberia and uh, was it Togo? I can't remember now. Niger? Maybe it was Niger. Um, a kid that was coming across the border with his soccer team and he was wearing a Michigan State. Uh, uh, basketball jersey <laughs> and i have a picture of it i will post it on the pod i'll post it on twitter there you go love that uh next up from dan hellpepper favorite vacation destination inside the u.s mm. plum you're a worldly man what do you got uh i'm gonna be honest with you my favorite vacation destination inside the u.s is northern michigan no doubt all right fine northern california uh coastal elite Talk to you, Dan. Uh, is picture taking on vacation a big deal to you? Last question from Nan Hellpepper, which I like. Is picture taking on vacation a big deal to you? And then organizing the pictures when you get back? No. Uh, Dan, I, I'm i not a picture person. Yeah. My family's not ever been picture people. And for me, live in the moment. Same. Like if it's a... If it's a good enough story, you'll just remember it. Like, well, Plum has a picture of that kid from that uh, it was, and I'm, it wasn't Niger. It's Guinea. Sorry, I just always got about my app. Niger is nowhere near Liberia. My fault. <laughs> good, good cover. Yeah. Good cover for that. Yeah, because you know that there are geography-minded oh, listeners. We would have definitely gotten some hate for that. I probably still will. I usually have to get reminded to take pictures on vacation, so I'm sorry to disappoint you, Dan. Help ever, but I think all three of us are uh, are not really on the picture wagon. Uh, yeah. next up from Nick Kamansky, Michael Jones. Uh, what do you think of my new Twitter bio? Uh, too long. Didn't read. Oh my God. <laughs> you got busted down from chap to, to fella bro. Uh, uh I don't know what it is either. Nick said something about, it's something about can't read, can't write in his. In oh, his is it? Uh, oh, I've got to go look. Yeah. Do you? Uh, sorry, Nick. Uh, I'll look after the pie. We'll come back to this. Yeah, uh, it, appreciate it. We appreciate the pub. Um, it is, he says, oh, um, re- recipient of bronze medal for Twitter questions. Can't read, can't write podcast. <laughs> um, I don't know if that's true. Making anyway, up your uh, own accolades. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, next, next asks, what's the shortest amount of time you've ever worked at a job? Why did you leave? Plum, you. Shortest amount of time I ever worked at a job. Why did I leave? Uh, I know mine is for a mutual friend. Wait, I want to hear yours. 
uh, I, I won't name the company, but we have a friend whose family has a company oh. that that two of us have worked at, and mine was, I think, for sub two weeks, and I left because I think I found something that paid better. Um, I have not had that many jobs, like that many job turnovers. I don't know the shortest job I ever had. In some ways, you're an independent contractor when you referee, right? I mean, so maybe at the end of each game, I have a, the job is over. Yes. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I have definitely abandoned matches. I abandoned a match once, like, 20 minutes into a game uh, because the coach started yelling so much, and he told his players to come off the field. And then I was like, okay, game's over. And so in that respect. <laughs> I, I would have liked it better if it was, like, the talent is too subpar for me, and you just left. Not the game. <laughs> Um, finally from Nick Kamansky, uh, nope. I don't have anything uh, that's that good. Uh, finally from Nick Kamansky, uh, Jonesy, am I correct in thinking that the more my question sets you up to belittle or undermine me, the more points I will score in the Twitter rankings? Honestly, Nick, no. Uh, the more that you make us laugh, chuckle, be happy. I mean, now, if that happens to lend us to belittling your school, uh, that might that might help you. But otherwise, um, no, we like you. We're happy you're back. Uh, next up, always thinking 1835. What is the most MSU Pokemon? Bulbasaur. No, it's got to it's got to be Spartan, like Spartan, right? You idiot! Is that a real Pokemon? I just looked it up. <laughs> that sounds like a sausage. No, Spartan is one. Uh, it's like electrified or something. Sparkle. Oh, like, th- like Thunderstruck when Thunderstruck hits Sparkle. Sparkle sounds Thunderstruck. like Sparkle. Uh, <laughs> all right, last up, or the second to last. If you could go back in time to change one thing about your past, knowing that it would not unintentionally alter the present, would you do it? What would it be? Jonesy, you've just been watching Tenet. If you could invert your entropy and start heading backwards. I can't. I can't. You know what? Uh, honestly, I would re- invert my entropy and never watch it. Because <laughs> it occupies way too much of my thoughts and I don't like it. It's bad. Um, <laughs> all right. Last up from Always Thinking 1835. In light of the reinstatement of the Land Grant Trophy game at the end of the season, hypothetically, would you be willing to give up completely? The rivalry with Michigan, if it meant the MSU-Penn State rivalry would become the biggest rivalry in college Well, football. it's already the biggest trophy. So would the rivalry <laughs> grow, to, uh, grow into its trophy? Plum. 100%. Hands down. Yeah. All right. Uh, I mean, that's the answer, right? If you could have the biggest rivalry the biggest in the rivalry? sport, you would take I, it at, any co- at the cost of any other rivalry. Why? Right? Why? Because, because because the 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 fu ness to Michigan, yeah. knowing that like oh yeah well yeah we'll play you still but like this is not our real rival the land grant rivalry obviously that's that's too good to pass up. And they are so smitten with the idea that theirs is the biggest rivalry in the sport to take that from them at the yeah, same right. time. Yeah, this yep. it's obviously the answer to this question. It's a twofer and. And to rep land grant schools, that would well, not be a bad thing. Yeah. And to rep that beautiful trophy big. in all of its glory. Big, big. Boxy thickness. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, that will do it for us here at Can't Read, Can't Write. Next week, uh, we will look at how many questions we have before we blather on off Grand River. Sorry, everybody. Uh, we appreciate you sticking with us. Uh, we do thank you for the questions. It was a good time. And uh, as always, gentlemen, go green. Go white. Go white, guys.